As you know, I am not Pastor Chuck. And uh, for you that came expecting to hear him preach today, I apologize to you. I'm so sorry. Please come back next Sunday because we have a fantastic pulpit preacher in Pastor Chuck, and you will be blessed. Um, I am just so honored and thrilled to, to come and bring the word today. My name is, for you that don't know, my name is Don Munn. Uh, some people call me the, the founding pastor of this church. I was senior pastor for 34 years, and um, it was a wonderful time in our ministry and life, and the Lord began to speak to me that it was time to, to hand it over to someone, and God began to open, opening doors and uh, led Chuck and Candace uh, back to look at this this fellowship they had served here as a youth pastor many many years ago under our leadership and um, when he came back and filled in the pulpit one Sunday God just did something very special and the timing was perfect and it was time for me to step down and uh, give it to someone else you know sometimes there does come a time to transition and to let the younger leadership come up and it was it was that time and they have come in fact two years ago this week two years ago this week we stood here and I preached my final message as lead pastor and I presented uh, Pastor Chuck with a Bible with a bottle of oil and with a gavel that represents authority and leadership and we prayed over him and he became the senior pastor in these two years this church has done just grown they have succeeded uh, your your vision is fantastic and God is just using Pastor Chuck and Candace in a powerful way I know that you love him and we celebrate him and we love him so much and I know that you do too I and uh, right now I have the wonderful privilege of continuing to serve on staff here and in the role of counseling and teaching and supporting Pastor Chuck any way that I can. And today I've got this responsibility. Now I know, you know, Pastor Munn is getting old, uh, the gray hair. Somebody said when you get my age that your back goes out more than you do. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's about true. I, I celebrated my birthday. I'm not going to tell you how old, but a few weeks ago and... You know, when, when you get to my age, you get to the point where they just put one candle on, on the cake, and then, then they look at you and say, okay, Dad, do you think you can try real hard, see if you can blow it out, okay? You think you'll be okay? Well, it's not quite that bad, but uh, it is a joy to be here with you, and I want to just jump right into the Word of God with you today. I've been praying, and I do believe the Lord has a special word for us today. And so I'm going to invite you just to bow your heads, and uh, let's just pray and ask the Lord to speak to us today. Father, we come today and we sense the beauty of your presence in this worship and the power of your glory that's here. Thank you for this church. Thank you for our pastor. We we pray for him and Candace that as they're getting away for some rest and relaxation this weekend that you will just bless them and strengthen and encourage their hearts. 
But now, Lord, we pray that your word will come alive in us, that you will anoint this time in your presence. We look to you. We know that only you can speak to us. And I pray that you will take over right now and use the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart. And may we hear you today and see Jesus with a profound sense of awe and worship. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to speak to you today about Lord of Lords, up close and personal. Lord of Lords, up close and personal. How do you see Jesus? If I were to ask you, how do you envision Him? How do you see Him when you think about Him? We tend to answer that question with probably a doctrinal answer like, oh, well, He's the Son of God. Or sometimes we tend to think of him in terms of humanness that well he was sweet and kind and precious and loving and gentle but I've come today to really remind you that Jesus the Jesus that we love and worship is a mighty strong invincible majestic God I know that he's a tender shepherd And I know that he loves us and he moves with kindness. But you see, some people picture Jesus as some sappy guy running around with a robe and sandals making a peace sign. And it's almost like they've got this watered down, milk toast, maybe even a Rembrandt painting feel of a Jesus that is effeminate. Maybe a picture on a Christmas card or a storybook. But I want to tell you that Jesus is much more than that. And to understand the power that Jesus has to touch us, deliver us, heal us, and be who we we need him to be. We've got to see him in the full glory of his power and authority. Let me tell you something. Jesus is dangerous. He is dangerous and he is awe-inspiring. He loves to show mercy to his followers. But Jesus is Lord. He reigns right now as Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and all evil is under His feet. Every problem that we have is under His feet. The book of Revelation shows Him as fire flashing in His eyes, and His voice is like the roar of many waters, and His face is shining like the sun in its full strength. I think it's easy to sort of let our faith get into this weak Bland, anemic, hesitant, unsteady, spineless, almost shaky feel because we don't have a fresh vision of how great our Jesus is. And I hope before we leave here today, we can say with Moses, Lord Jesus, show me your glory. In fact, I want you to say that right now. Would you just close your eyes and would you pray that God would right now in this message, Lord Jesus... Show me your glory. Come on, say it one more time. Lord Jesus, show me your glory. I want you to go in your Bibles with me to 1 Chronicles 29, verse 11. 1 Chronicles 29, 11. David makes a statement about the Lord that is so profound. He says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. 
Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And may the Lord help us to really see him today and understand the indescribable possibilities of his strength in our life. That's what I want you to see. You know, I, I love the story of the little boy that was getting down and praying before he went to bed. He was kneeling beside his bed, and as he was praying, he said, Now, dear God, I, I just want you to bless Mommy and Daddy and Brother Billy and bless Granny and Paul Paul and, and Jesus, you take care of yourself because if anything happens to you, we're sunk. <laughs> I like that. But I just want to tell you something. You know, you may worry about a lot of things, but you don't have to worry about Jesus. We need to upgrade our view of Jesus Christ. I said we need to upgrade our view of who Jesus is. You see, we cannot rest securely in His grace and receive from His strength unless we are entirely convinced that He is indescribable, undeniable, all-powerful, the Lord of glory, the real, the real Jesus. Oh, oh, oh don't, don't let Jesus become too colloquial to you. Don't let him become too familiar. Don't let him become too commonplace. Don't let that enter into your attitude or your worship. He's not a hope so. I, I hope Jesus will come through for me. I, I hope that he'll hear me when I pray. He's not a hope so. He's not just another religious option. Can somebody say amen? amen. He is the most potent force in the universe. He is never outdated. He is never irrelevant. He is never insignificant. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. Come on, give him a praise clap offering. Amen. CEO World Magazine. Last year they came out with their annual list of the most powerful people in the world for, for 2018. And you could probably guess uh, some of the names in the top 10 listing. Number one, they listed Donald Trump. And then Vladimir Putin, president of Russia. Uh, Xi Jinping, the leader of China. Angela Merkel, the chancellor of Germany. Narendra Modi, prime minister of India. Jeff Bezos, CEO uh, of Amazon. Bill Gates, the founder of Microsoft. Pope Francis made the list. Number nine was Larry Page, the CEO of Alphabet Industry. And then number 10 was Emmanuel Macron, the president of France. And, and we, we say those names and we, we, we know most of them. They, they are powerful, influential, popular people. And, and they are just, they're, they're, their names are everywhere. But can I tell you something? They're just human beings. They're, they're limited, and they're vulnerable, and once more, they're, they're temporary. <laughs> they're not going to last forever. But Jesus Christ is uniquely different. He doesn't have just some power. He has all power given into His hands. His speechless wonder has got to call us to attention today. 
It's got to call us to worship and more than that, all. You know, the seraphim that have been around the throne of God for countless eons, right now, as we have been worshiping, right now in heaven, the Bible says that they are shouting in excited tones, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. That's what they think about him. Can I just speak some truth here today? Jesus dominates history. He prevails over everything. He rules, directs, and sustains the universe by His Word. He is the final Word. There is nothing out of His reach. He directs the stars and the planets and the galaxies like an orchestra. He commands the angels and the demons. He sets times and purposes and destiny. He is the one bringing His sons and daughters into His kingdom and nothing... Nothing can snatch us out of his hand. Oh, can I tell you that the Lord Jesus is one to be reckoned with. He is a mighty God. We cannot lose sight of who he really is. Don't lose sight of who he really is. The real Jesus Christ. A a military chaplain friend of mine told me a a true story about something that he he saw one day he was standing in front of a of a hotel and he said standing in front of this hotel there was a four-star general high-ranking four-star general he was standing out in front of the hotel waiting for a taxi and he was dressed in his all-white dress uniform four-star general and he said suddenly a taxi cab drove up and a woman jumped out of the back seat of the taxi cab and she looked over at the four-star general and mistook him to be a bellhop. And in a commanding tone, she looked at the four-star general who commanded thousands and thousands of troops and looked at him and said, Sir, please get my bags out of the back of the taxi cab and put them up there by the door for me. And this chaplain friend of mine said he watched this whole thing happen. He said, the four-star general just stood there for a moment, shocked, and then he just started smiling. And without saying a word, he just walked over to the taxi cab and uh, got her bags out and carried them over to the front of the hotel and put them down and walked back. And the woman walked in the hotel and she never knew what she had done. <laughs> Is that not cool? How many times do we speak his name? And never know who we're talking to. Let me tell you something. When you're praying and calling on the name of Jesus. Don't underestimate who you're talking to. When you're going through a hard time. Don't underestimate who said that he would never leave you. And that he would never forsake you. When you're going through a crisis. Don't ever underestimate what this Jesus can do in your life. How he can move mountains and do the impossible because he's not a wimpy God. He is the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. When crisis hits, where do you turn? Where does your heart and mind go? Do you call on the name of Jesus? Do you get into his word Is he a tower of strength and refuge for you? Is he first place? Is he the great desire of your life? Do you know the one who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think? 
it is urgent that we understand the power and authority and the majesty of his name because Satan is trying to diminish this message today. So I want to quickly, and I'm going to do it very quickly, I want to show you seven revelations of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to go through these very fast. And with each revelation, I'm going to give you a key word. I'm going to ask you to grab a piece of paper and just write these down. Seven revelations. They're simple. You know them. But I want to give them to you with one key word for each one. The first one is the revelation of the I am. In Exodus chapter 3, God came to Moses in a burning bush and he called him. He said, I want you to go to Egypt and I want you to get the leaders together because you're going to lead my children out of bondage. And you're going to go before Pharaoh, and you're going to deal with him, and I'm going to give you power and authority. And Moses asked a question. He said, when I do this, Lord, and he was very hesitant to do it, but he said, when I do this, who shall I say has sent me? What name do you want me to use? What do I call you? And the Lord gave a tremendous revelation of himself. He said, I am that I am. That's the name I want you to use. And the Hebrew name is Yahweh. I am that I am. That means the one who needs nothing or no one to exist. I am. I am everything that you will ever need. I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. That's the first one. And the word is sufficiency. That's the key word because when the I am is in your life, you have sufficiency. For everything in your life, the second revelation is a revelation of God's glory and power. And the word is power. Because when we get to Exodus 19, they have gone from Egypt across the Red Sea. And God leads them them to Mount Sinai. And guess who comes to Mount Sinai? Yahweh the I Am comes. And He shows up. But He doesn't just show up meekly. He shows up with power. I'm going somewhere, just stay with me. He's he's going there with power because on the top of the mountain there's fire and thundering and the sounding of trumpets and there's an earthquake and the whole mountain is shaking and trembling. There's lightning on the top of the mountain and the people are gathered around as God, Yahweh comes down in power. Wow. The third revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. We go all the way to the New Covenant, to the New Testament. And the, word, the key word is love. Because Jesus, the Son of God, wraps Himself in flesh. And He's born of a virgin birth. And He comes in tenderness as a baby. One that we can understand, that we can touch. He became flesh and blood. And you know the story. He grew up. And He began to show forth the signs that He was more than just a baby. He began to show us that He was the Lord of Lords. But in coming as a child, as a human being wrapped in flesh and blood, He loves and He cares and He understands. There's nothing that you're going through today, sir. There's nothing you're going through, lady, that God doesn't understand, that Jesus doesn't get, that He doesn't feel the pain of your feelings and all the stuff that's troubling your mind. He knows. You may say, nobody knows what I'm going through. Jesus knows what you're going through. Oh, the revelation of Jesus. Number four is the revelation of the potential of Jesus. 
And the word that I want you to write down here is the word ability. And I'm not talking about human ability. I'm talking about divine ability. I mean, Jesus began to show what he could do as Lord of Lords, this mighty God. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't just interested in them knowing him as just a man that was loving and kind. He, he spent a lot of energy and a lot of time to show them his supernatural ability. He wants you to know this. And so, you know, we, one of my favorite stories is Jesus in, in a boat with his disciples. And he's so tired from preaching and ministering that he falls asleep. And they, they get out in the middle of the, of the sea and a big storm comes up and it's rocking the boat. And waves are just flooding into the boat and they're bailing with everything they've got and getting the water out and trying to keep the boat from going over. And Jesus is sound asleep. He's not even troubled. And finally somebody, probably Peter, said, you better wake him up. You better let him know what's going on. And Jesus stands up and he sees the situation. And the Bible said he just stands up and he says, peace, be still. And immediately the waves stopped and the waters became like a lake. And the Bible said the disciples were so shaken, they said, what manner of man? Hear that? What manner of man is this? That the seas and the waves and the winds obey him. It was a revelation moment of the potential of Jesus, of the ability of Jesus We've got another story that Jesus walked into a graveyard and saw a man chained up with a legion of demons and everyone was scared to death of him. But Jesus just lets him come right up to him and he just speaks in simple terms, come out of the man. And the demons fled from his presence because the devil is scared to death because he knows the ability of Jesus Christ. Or when the woman who had been sick for 12 years pressed through the crowd and touched just the the fringe of his garment and she was made whole instantly or or the story when Jesus goes to the house of Jairus and his daughter is laying dead and he walks in and said little girl I say to you rise and this dead body's quickened with new blood and breath comes into her lungs and she sits up And those quick four stories that's found in Mark chapter 4 and 5, Jesus shows us that he is Lord over nature. He is Lord over demons. He is Lord over sickness. He is Lord over death. You talk about ability. You say, wow. Yeah, you better say wow. I mean, have you ever felt weak? Or intimidated or insufficient or incapable or disqualified. Anybody here today? Come on, anybody ever feel those feelings? Perhaps you feel weary right now in your life. Perhaps you're living in a difficult place right now. You know, women, you you have such pressure on you to be the perfect housewife. To be beautiful all the time. To be a great mother, to be able to make great decisions and take care of so many things and perform in the workplace if you're there and just do everything perfect and you feel all the pressure. 
And men, you know, you feel the pressure to be strong. Always be strong. Be a provider. Be tough. Don't show any weakness. But the truth is we're all weak. Even the Apostle Paul said, I came to you with trembling and with fear. That's the way I came to you. But he said, but don't put your faith in men. Put it in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said later, he said that when I am weak, that is when I am strong. Because the Lord Jesus lives inside of me. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes I need extra strength. (laughs) When I get a headache... I go to the medicine cabinet and I pull out a little white bottle that's got a red top on it. I'm not trying to, you know, give anybody commercials here, but it says extra strength Tylenol. Not, not pushing that, but just, I, I like the words extra strength. Sometimes I, I, I need extra strength to stay afloat when crisis hits me. Anybody been there? I need extra strength to encourage friends that I... I see going through hard times. I need extra strength to keep believing and praying when I see nothing happening at all. Extra strength to be undeterred, unintimidated, unswerving, unmovable. And that extra strength only comes through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 6.10, this is the way Paul said it. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And that, that little phrase, the, 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 Greek, the way the Greek text reads it, it's in the passive voice. So it really says, and be made strong. It's not me rising up. It's not by my ability. It's letting Him make me strong. Giving me extra strength when I need it to be a mom, a dad, a husband, somebody in the workplace, to be the witness I need to be when I need extra strength. This mighty Jesus is there. Number five, the fifth revelation is the revelation, oh my goodness, of the true identity of Jesus. See, Jesus wasn't just some kid from Nazareth. Growing up, the son of Mary and Joseph, his brothers, like James, that's what they thought of him. He's just just my brother. What's he doing running around saying all these crazy things? But they found out after the resurrection who he really was. But Jesus decided one day, I'd love to have been there the day he did this. But he'd been showing signs and wonders and he'd been talking to his followers but one day he made a decision okay I'm going to go ahead and let let it out of the bag I'm going to I'm going to pull out my identity papers and I'm going to let them know who I really am I know it's going to shock them but I'm going to tell them exactly what I'm about in John 8 58 if you want to go there in your Bibles Jesus makes this tremendous statement it's mind-boggling He starts with the words, truly, truly. Now, every time Jesus says, truly, truly, he's underlining something. He he is saying, this is so important. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham existed, I am. 
Oh, wait a minute. Stop right there. Before Abraham even lived, I was sitting as the I am. You know what he was really saying? He said, I'm the one that spoke to Moses through the burning bush. It was me. I'm the one that was with Moses when the sea was parted. You want to know who came to the mount, to the top of Mount Sinai with fire? It was me. I am. I am that I am. I am Yahweh. Do you understand? And when they heard those words, the Pharisees heard it all right because they tried to pick up stones to kill him right there. They thought he was claiming to be God because he was. That was his true identity. And the word is divinity. Divinity is the key word. He revealed that he was God. The sixth revelation is the revelation of the glory of Jesus. Woo! And, and the word that I want you to get a hold of here is majesty. Because he revealed his majesty. You know, when you use the word majesty, you're using a word that talks about kingdom power. Pastor Chuck's been preaching a great series. Hope you'll be here next Sunday to hear his next message about the kingdom of God and the keys of the kingdom. But majesty, majesty speaks of a king who rules over everything. And one day Jesus took his disciples, Peter, just three of them, Peter, James, and John, and he said, I need to pull back the curtain. I need to give them a, a visual picture of something that, the, that will stay with them for the rest of their lives. And the Bible said he took them to the top of a mountain. We don't know exactly what mountain it was. There's a lot of thought about which one it was, but it was a high mountain. And Jesus began to pray which was not uncommon. The disciples had seen Jesus do this so many times, going away to pray. And they thought, well, he's just going away to pray. When all of a sudden, everything changed. We call it the transfiguration. The Bible said that his, even his garments began to glow. The Bible said his face, his countenance changed into something completely different. The light and the glory of God began to shine through him. It wasn't a light on him. It was like a glory shining through him. They had a glimpse of Jesus Christ in his kingdom, in his glory. Uh, you may not have seen this physically. I doubt that any of us have seen it. But in your hearts, has anybody seen a vision of the majesty of God? That he is high and lifted up. And then all of a sudden, guess who shows up? Moses comes from the dead and is standing there beside Jesus. Moses is the one who had prayed one day, Lord, show me your glory. You better be careful what you pray for because he's seeing the glory of God right now. He's standing there with Jesus. And once more, not only was it Moses, but also Elijah comes. From the Old Testament, from the dead, and they're there. And they're encouraging. One gospel said they were encouraging him about his journey to the cross and saying to him probably things like, Oh, Jesus, you're about to redeem the world. 
You're about to buy our salvation. You're about to finish it all. You've come this far. We worship you. You're a mighty God. We serve you. And they're praising him, encouraging him. And Peter, James, and John see this. And they fall down scared to death. Peter opens his mouth. Wants to build three, three tents to, to honor them. The Lord speaks. The Father in heaven speaks and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You listen to Him. You pay attention to Him. You need to be worshiping. You need to be in awe. You need to focus everything on the Lord of glory. The word is majesty. Because the Bible said that all were astonished at the majesty of God. And Peter later wrote as an older man in one of his epistles, he wrote about this event. And he said, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. The word majesty means greatness, grandeur, magnificence, divine presence. So you say, well, Don... This all sounds good, but what does all this revelation stuff mean to me? March the 31st, 2019, as I stand, sit here today, I'm glad you asked that question. Because if you're a believer, if you are a child of God, if you have asked the Lord into your life, let me tell you something, this Jesus that I've tried in my little human way to tell you about is the Lord Jesus who is inside of you. With all power, with all authority, with all majesty, with all victory, which leads me to the final revelation, that is the revelation that the Lord Jesus Christ is in every believer Closeness is the key word. He is up close and personal. He's not separated from you. You would think that a mighty, royal, majestic, almighty God like I've been describing would hold himself back in the heavens, but he's chosen to come and be with you. How, how is I don't know. He loves us. With a miraculous love. In the same way he rested on Mount Sinai, he's resting on me. Woo! He's resting on my soul with fire and power and spirit. The Bible says he's up close and personal. Have you ever had anybody come talk to you and they get right here in front of your nose? <laughs> we call that up close and personal. And we say, would you mind backing up just a little bit? You're just a little bit too close. Would you mind stepping back just a little bit? Up close and personal. Jesus is up close. Whisper his name. He's there. Whisper his name. Mighty Jesus. It's right there, not a long way off, right here with you.
fact, Jesus told his disciples, he, he said, you know, it's expedient for me to go. It's the best thing for you, for me to leave you. Because there's one like me, the same heart character, who is the Holy Spirit. And he is going to come and he's not going to just walk with you like I've been walking with you. He's going to be inside of you. So the best thing. Did you know you say, oh, I wish I could have been back in the days when Jesus was there and where. You've got it better. Because he's inside of you. You are the temple of God. His presence is there beside you. He's with you. He's around us. He's beside us. He's in front of us. He's above us. He's underneath us. Come on, you can't, you can't think of a preposition that Jesus doesn't fulfill. Through all of the power of the Holy Spirit, He is around us and about us. R.C. Sproul said something that's so profound. He said, we are secure... Not because we hold tightly to Jesus, but because He holds tightly to us. This mighty God has us in His hand. The Christian life isn't just about meaningless, ritualistic religion and tradition. This is about the living presence of a mighty Jesus up close and personal every day. That's why Paul said in Philippians 4.13, you know it. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. If I have the revelation of His greatness and His closeness. Can I say that one more time? If I have the revelation of His greatness and His closeness, life changes. I was playing racquetball at uh, L.A. Fitness. Another racquetball story, Jim. And uh, I just had gone to the locker room to take a quick shower before I went home. And I was in the shower. And I heard this guy singing. And I'll, I'll tell you, he wasn't humming. He was singing with gusto in the shower at L.A. Fitness. And you know what he was singing? To the top of his voice with gusto, he was singing, Great is thy faithfulness. Now that's, that's I'm going to tell you, that's very unusual at LA Fitness. With all these athletic jocks running in and out. This guy's singing praise and worship with all of his heart. And he got to the end, Great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me. And he went back and started again. I mean, I thought he was coming to an end, and he was just getting started good. I was laughing, and at one point, I did think about maybe joining him in a duet. From, and I thought, well, that'd be a little bit weird if I, if I did that. I better not. But I'm going to tell you something. I can't fault my brother's passionate worship in the public shower. I don't know what my brother had been through. Maybe God, 
had answered a prayer. Maybe God had saved a son or daughter. Maybe Jesus had walked in and healed a son or somebody in his family. Maybe God had made a way and gave him a new job. I don't know, but I just know that Jesus is up close and personal. And it'll make you shout in the shower. It'll make you dance when you walk through Walmart. It'll give you a joyful sound in the midst of trial. When you're going through sorrow, this Jesus is mighty. <laughs> Lord, I want to have wide open eyes to your mightiness. Is his identity transforming you? I said, is his identity transforming you? First John 4, 4. It says, little children, you are from God. And you have overcome them. He's speaking about the spirits of the Antichrist and the false teachers. You've overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He is greater than he who's in the world. He's close and he's greater than anything that can come against you. The word greater is the Greek word megas. It means mega. It means loud, mightier, stronger, particularly in regards to physical magnitude, great in size, great in stature. Jesus is greater. Somebody say greater. The line of the tribe of Judah is in you. God's not dead. He's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. Hallelujah. Glory. The mighty Jesus. He's large and in charge. And His presence is with us every day. He's greater than any challenge. He's greater than any devil. He's greater than any addiction. He's greater than any fear. He's greater than any sickness. Greater than any loneliness. He's greater than any parenting challenge. He's greater than any life change you will ever go through. When I believe He's here, close, All kinds of strength floods through me. You know, I'm in myself, especially since I'm getting older now, I'm more kind of like a little 25-watt light bulb. Not much. Some days that's kind of the way I feel, like a 25, not even a 75. More like a 25. But you know, my crazy imagination, I was just thinking about this this week. And what would happen if I could plug up my little 25-watt bulb into a nuclear reactor? (laughs) That would suddenly take it to a mega place. And that's what happens every time I start calling on the name of Jesus And lifting up my life before Him, great light comes. Hallelujah. He's the light of the world. He's my strength. He's my redeemer. Now here's the trick. You may not be able to see Him. 
You may not realize he's even there. This closeness, he doesn't always let you feel his closeness. But if you listen with spiritual ears, he's calling your name. He's encouraging you. Tune into his greatness, his majesty, his divinity. Tune in because he's calling your name. You may feel blindsided in life. You may feel like you're walking around with a blindfold. But he's really up close and personal. I want you to watch a video and it shows a wonderful reunion of a military dad surprising his little boy. Gloves up, Chef. Keep your hands up. <laughs> Come on, Chef. Come on. So there we go. Daddy? not see him but he's close some of you need that reassurance this morning and I've come to tell you that this Jesus that we serve is not a wimpy Jesus that you can't count on that maybe he's here today and maybe not he doesn't leave us some of the last words that Jesus spoke before he left this world was I am with you all the way to the ends of this age. When you feel blinded to life and you're fighting and you're fighting and you're fighting and you're fighting. If you'll listen, the Lord will say, you're mine. You're mine. I'm with you. You can do all things through Christ. I'll strengthen you. My glory is on you. Yahweh is resting inside of you. I am that I am is inside of you.